This is episode 454 on the 10th of December 2021 as another Friday and another week of December 2021 comes to an end. So who did win the Junior World Cup? The final was between Argentina and Germany and 
Argentina went on to win after Germany eliminated India from the semi-finals and Argentina eliminated Australia from the semi-finals. India did reach the semi-finals after being called the, the defending champions of the previous tournament. Yes, there were flaws, there were faults in the defense, in the quarterbacks, in the running as to how the forwards and the midfielders and the defenders had their plans there. But that's the nature of a junior or an under-19 kind of a World Cup. Or in this case, an under-21 World Cup. Because it's, it's a strange thing. Why do such junior World Cups happen that is under-17, under-19, under-21 or junior Overall, why do we have minor leagues, junior leagues? That's something that baffles me because we do not take it seriously in the definition of taking such tournaments seriously. And yet, these tournaments are seen as the microscope into the future as to this group of players would replace the current group. So the current group of players in the Indian hockey team are not exactly old. I mean, the oldest player is Srijesh at 35 and he's getting a break from the Hockey Champions Trophy as they want to look at fresher wicket keepers. Of course, someone who's been part of the team for 16 years, who came as a rookie and is now in the purview of a legend. It can often be strange not to see certain players in the tournament. But that's that's interesting. That's an interesting discussion simply because if Shri Jesh is not playing, there will be a lot of debate over why is he not playing. He should have been there. Why is he not there? On the other hand, another group will say, okay, he's not there. That's the way it is. And now we have a young group of wicket keepers, but can they handle the pressure? Well, that's why you have the Junior World Cups and the Sultan of Johar Cup and all those tournaments. As I said, in hockey, unlike cricket where you have three formats and you're supposed to have a different mindset to all three. Well, I disagree, but that's an accepted norm. In hockey, it doesn't matter whether you play a pro hockey league or a uh, Olympic tournament or a Junior World Cup or a Senior World Cup or a Champions Trophy or any tournament because the goal of the forwards, the midfielders is the same. The coach will be unhappy if the goal is missed. Penalty corners are penalty corners. There are no rules that like in cricket, free hits do not lead to no balls, do not lead to free hits or you can have more than two bouncers. There are no fielding restrictions. There are no over restrictions. But two good teams, Argentina, who's already done well in the field of football along with Germany. How many teams do you see which are good in two sports? Well, Australia is doing well in cricket and hockey. Though Australia did not come for this tournament. And it's a very interesting situation. But... Let's move on. Remember the date. 
hockey's oldest rivalry is coming back after a long long time oldest and greatest rivalry is coming back a rivalry which will even make tournaments such as the ashes fall flat on its face and that's the nature of such tournaments so remember the date and what is the date you all must be curious what date i am talking about what rivalry i am talking about well keep guessing it's the 17th of december at 3 pm ist india takes on its oldest rival in the sport of hockey which is that rival i will let my listeners take a guess but you're watching the match on 17th of december at 3 pm ist is subject to whether the broadcasters are interested in broadcasting this match or telecasting this match because up till now there has been build up of the major soccer league of india and the india australia series which is being promoted left right and center even the english football league is football tournament football league is is being promoted left right and center but this tournament which is only a week away in fact less than a week away it starts next week on when you know the schedule and you can also find out for the hockey asian champions trophy i won't go into the details but it starts just four or five days from today but india takes on bangladesh on the 15th of december and then the big match at 3 pm ist it's a strange time because it's not as late as a 7 pm ist cricket match it's not as early as a 5 am ist if this was happening in australia but it's in that middling time 3 pm is a time where we usually post lunch especially those who work from home want to doze off because they have been sitting on their computers and their gadgets for 7 8 hours in a row well i leave that to you but it's 17th of december 3 pm ist remember the date for hockey's oldest rivalry india takes on a neighboring country to the west that's all i can tell you if a certain game of a previous world cup did not go as planned and everyone went berserk i'm just curious to see if india goes on to beat its opponent on the 17th of december the th- the 3 pm ist is not exactly a time which everyone enjoys because as i said it's middling it's not as 7 pm is perfect it's dinner time 3 pm for most it's post lunch tiredness drowsy away from gadgets but i'll watch because that's how i do it and that's it that's is for me if the broadcaster decide that it's commercially viable to make sure that this tournament comes across and of course if the international body who is organizing this tournament has made a deal with the the broadcasting company no idea there is no information on websites there is no conversation around it on the print media electronic media and 
pseudo media will have no interest in what happens as far as the pseudo media is concerned but moving on from hockey's oldest rivalry to a supposed rivalry between australia and england which is called the ashes it's a very strange so story why is it called the ashes but it's basically the colonial versus the colonized story so this is what happened so far on day 1 as expected australia england were bowled out for 147 with a new captain taking over as far as australia is concerned patrick cummins which i talked about last time and england had no answers the batting when you lose a wicket of the first ball in the most unusual manner in the most dramatic manner then this is exactly what happens and not the first time they have been bowled out and then australia riding on some luck and some unavailable no ball technology and other things after day 1 was washed out due to rain and bad weather and bad light and everything it still didn't make a difference because australia on day 2 ended at 7 for 3 43 and this morning they were bowled out for 425 thus getting a lead of 278 but england and response are 107 for 2 and this is what interests me why do teams especially in a five day game where you get a second chance one of the few sports where you will get a second chance so in hockey you get four quarters in football you get two halves but this is completely starting from scratch four chances overall two for each team so it's possible that australia may not have to bat again because it's almost like a follow on situation but england have to cross the 280 mark and then score something you have malan and root two experienced batters over there and england at lunch at tea on day 3 in australia with bad light and rain and what not expected to play a role will want to make sure that the next two and a half hours after this till 1 pm ist and 5:30 pm local time they would want to make sure that malan and root make through and go through unscathed as is usually the plan and it, it's not for the first time that a team is behind in the game and suddenly they wake up in the second innings and something special happens it's not for the first time that this is happening and it won't be the last time that this is happening it will continue to happen as long as this sport is being played and we know this sport will be played so it's nothing novel nothing special about it but that's the way things are and there's nothing one can do about it but that is what it baffled me suddenly in the second innings it's a flat pitch that's the conversation of the so called commentators flat pitch ball not swinging and bit of luck for australia on day 1 with overcast conditions and ball swinging and not coming with too much of practice and all the hype surrounding their all rounder who should be in the team should not be in the team broad and anderson left out and 
Ollie Robinson and Mark Wood given a chance. Let me tell you, if Broad and Anderson were there, would Australia not get a lead of 280? One doesn't know. Would it affect? Would they not make 150 all out, 147 all out in the first innings? Unknown. And then that, there comes the question. Here we are debating no Broad and no Anderson in the team. There's a debate. They are good bowlers. They have been doing this for the last 19 years and Broad the last 15 years. But then if Anderson and Broad had played and hypothetically they had broken down with injuries when you are 39, you have played long enough to have enough injuries so that you can not bowl enough. That's a possibility. Then one would have said, why are they playing? Are they not fit? Did the team management draft them in too quickly? And when they have not drafted them in too quickly, people are questioning why are they not playing? Well, the ballers who were playing in place of them, Mark Wood at 30 and Ollie Robinson at 28, they are good ballers. Of course, Broad and Anderson have been doing this for 15 years and they have been hyped and hyped and hyped and injuries have come into play and so much has happened. Can they play five matches in a row? Can they sustain that pressure? You don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. But talking about injuries, what frustrates me is the feudal mindset of the Indian cricket board and once again, the treatment of an all-rounder who would have, if treated fairly and if he had also made sure that he would not get injured, you can get injured anytime. But if the Indian cricket board had made sure that this particular all-rounder had been given the right tools, the right people to work with so that he would not be injured, it's a poor approach as far as the approach of this all-rounder is concerned. Now look at this situation. On one hand, we have Ben Stokes, the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. He's been playing for 11 years. When you play for 11 years, you are automatically the best in the world. Look at Steve Smith. Who was Steve Smith? A number eight tailender. And now you cannot have a team without him. He is the vice captain again. After the 2018 pseudo scandal and so many things going in favor of him against him his technique being questioned even after 11 years and that's the way things are but we'll talk about that later stokes has been playing for 11 years so yes by default he's a legend and of course when you talk about all-rounders in england you had ian botham in the 80s then you had andrew flintoff from 98 to 2009 four years later what happens? You have Ben Stokes. Is there someone who can? Is there someone after Ben Stokes is done who can take over? Yes, there's Sam Curran. So there's always a good transition for India. There's never been a good transition because after Kapil retired, ten years later we had once again Irfan Pathan, but we did not give him that kind of respect. He played a lot of matches, but he was discarded injuries or whatever miscommunication between the team management the coaches this that and then Kevin Pandya at the age of 22 and a half 2016 he should have been seen as the guy we would have 
told him, okay, we want you to be an all-rounder in 50 overs in 5 days. So you play less of 20 overs and concentrate on 5 days and 50 overs. It would have been perfect. Of course, there are, I mean, I think Hardik Pandya not playing is not the result of his injuries or miscommunication, but is a result of external fascist mindset of the Indian electronic print and pseudo media who don't want him there, who question his injury management. Well, the media is to blame as much as is the communication between the player and the team and the coaching staff and the physios at the National Academy, at the Performance Center. Stokes is playing. He comes after a 150-day break. Whatever be the break, it's irrelevant. He has injuries, but he's playing. Of course, no ball thing to Warner is something that one can debate. He comes in five months. He rehabilitates himself and injuries can happen. You're an all-rounder. And nowadays, with so much of television and so much of following and the, and the camera following you like a stalker, I'm sure his predecessors in Ian Botham was injured, but we, but we didn't focus too much on that. Now we focus on something as immaterial as injuries. Let me tell you, let me stroke a controversy saying that even once upon a time, a certain couple there whom we look at with such reverence because he came in the 70s and 80s and the West Indies, well, the team of the team of the the West Indies of the 80s were a fluke team. They only won because the other team did not have the guts to beat them. So we went, so we praised that team. But I'm sure Kapil Dev must have been injured. He must have been out of the team. He must have had his miscommunication. But at that time, it didn't happen. Nobody bothered or nobody thought injuries were such an important thing or fitness was such an important thing. So the Stoke Pandya thing, what it needs is an attitude adjustment. Yes, one can criticize the England governing body on having Stokes in the team after 150 days after he did not play any practice matches or whatever. But that's how it is. We should have included Pandya in the South Africa team even if he was not playing. He could have just gone with them and he also had has enough time to recover from injuries and then so many things surrounding as to what is happening. But that's what really baffles me that this thing needs, as I said, an attitude adjustment from everyone, from the print media, from electronic print media, pseudo media, no one cares about. And that's the way it is. And that's the way it will be. So let's hope that this Stokes Pandya conundrum goes away after a while. And everyone is nonetheless happy. So England are 2 for 107. I think Australia have also made an error by only bowling their four bowlers. That is Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark and Lyon. They should give an opportunity to their all-rounder in Cameron Green, who took a wicket in the first innings, and their potential semi-all-rounder in Marnus Labuschagne, who it's can bowl. So it would give some break to the four bowlers, I hope. Otherwise, you might see Stokes come in, Stark, Hazelwood struggle in the next match. So I hope they have that kind of 
smartness that yes okay we are not getting a breakthrough malan and root are having a partnership let me give the ball to as root and malan come back into the ground and let's hope they have some kind of a plan of course nathan lion is all everyone is talking about searching for his 400 wicket and all the hype surrounding that let's hope that dies down so england are 2 for 107 trailing by 171 can they cross 280 and do something well all three results are possible england can win if they bat hold it today hold it tomorrow and give half a day to australia tomorrow the game could be over tomorrow by lunch that is 8 pm 8 am indian standard time or by tea that is 10 am indian standard time and 5 and 3 pm australian standard time that is the brisbane time it could it could it could all be over tomorrow or the two malan and stokes and you could see something special from ben stokes malan root stokes pope butler that is 3 4 5 6 7 are the players who can do something taking a cue from the australian batters they can also do it australia will be will continue to bowl their four bowlers and their all-rounders or their backup in cameron green and manus labishan in spinning all-rounder and fast bowling all-rounder they may get a chance but australia has been conservative that they have never given a chance to the likes of cameron green and others you never know cameron green might pick up a wicket so that's what they should do i think they should do that so we'll have one over post t as starks steams into root who defends so good delivery but now this partnership of 46 runs in over 100 balls in over 15 overs and the only plan is get a wicket england's plan is they have around 30 35 overs remaining that is two and a half hours that is till 1 pm indian standard time all they got to do is make another 100 runs in 30 overs it's a possibility if root and malan and stokes says okay i'm going to do something special i don't know what but maybe i am once again a good delivery but the ball kept high and no runs anything is possible but why get out for 150 in your first innings give a lead of over 200 in the second innings in the first innings to the other team and then you are trying to do a comeback we i have seen this so many times we saw this in the india england ashes india bowled out for 80 england getting a lead of 350 india trying to fight back but they lose by innings and around 60 runs that's what happened is this a possibility over here it could be a possibility here also the lead of 280 is good anything is possible as stocks steams into root who lets the ball go and the score remains at 2 for 107 so 36.4 overs just around 30 35 overs remaining it's on well fast 
we have seen over rates slow and I'm sure at the end of the match, if the over rates are not good enough, Australia will be deducted in terms of over rate points. And they have gone through this against India when they were deducted over rates. But that's what baffles me. You were punished for not going with the over rate. But are you given points? Are you rewarded for complying with the over rate? That is not, that never happens. We are always punished for going over time. But are we ever given, but if we complete on time or before time, it's like as if we haven't worked hard, we haven't taken our time. That's the irony of life. That's a human paradox. If I complete an assignment before time, the question asked will be, did you compromise on the quality? If I take more time, the question will be, did you procrastinate? And that is what baffles me. That's the human paradox. And that's what you would find in my book, The Human Paradox. And this ends episode number 454 on the 10th of December 2021. And stay tuned for the next episode. For more awesome content, tune into the next episode of the weekly show. And I will be back on Monday, the 13th of December 2021 with episode number 455. So stay tuned. And while you wait for the next episode, you can. Put these books in your must-read books column. Once again, put these books in your must-read books column and purchase a copy right now.